everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron. I'm Clayton. <laughs> I'm your romance novel veteran. And I'm a virgin. <laughs> I started that real quick on you, Clayton, because this is such a big episode today. We've been chomping at the bit to talk about it. I couldn't wait one more minute. We had to do it. Let's get into it. <laughs> so, um, this week we read It Happened One Autumn by Lisa Claypass. People don't smell like anything, except when they need to wash. The pair regarded each other with what appeared to be mutual surprise. Yes, they do, Lillian said. Everyone has a smell. Don't say you've never noticed. The way some people's skin is like bitter almond or violet, while others... Others have a scent like plum or palm sap or fresh hay, Nettle commented. Lillian glanced at him with a satisfied smile. Yes, exactly. Nettle removed his spectacles and polished them with care, while his mind swarmed with questions. Could it be? Was it possible that this girl could actually detect a person's intrinsic scent? He himself could, but it was a rare gift, and not one that he had ever known a woman to have. Book two of The Wallflowers. Um, a lot of people recommended we read The Wallflowers in sort of a general way. Um, we did have an email from Gia who says, um, Hi, my name is Gia. I am stopping by to to say thank you for making me laugh during my walk to and from work. In case you're keeping tabs on Lisa Claypass Regency World, I am also a Westcliff girl. Please keep the episodes coming. <laughs> Got a Westcliff girl. Yes. And it seems to be the divide, Westcliff St. Vincent. Um, already we're jumping in. But before we do that, judge your cover. Yeah, let's judge this cover. Now, I'm going to just take a look at my physical copy <laughs> that my lovely co-host Aaron bought for me. From the Rip Bodice out in L.A. Now, I love this cover. Mm-hmm. What we have is my girl Lillian on the front in a this beautiful red dress. She's kind of up in the corner and the the red dress is just cascading down over the the words and god she's just such a stunner <laughs> you're in love with lillian i love lillian yeah, she's the best she's from new york <laughs> straight out of manhattanville what uh but we got to get into it yeah all right look well, what okay so we love the cover mm-hmm. the other cover is a landscape they're great the people covers are the best. Yeah. Lillian Sexy AF. And do you think her this dark is, hair? Yes. So she, this is the first like cover model that I thought of her the entire time I was reading the book. Because, you know, we've learned authors don't have a ton of control over their models for the covers, but I think they nailed it with this one. Mm-hmm. She has so much hair, dark eyes, beautiful. I am a dark hair guy. Mm hmm. Nothing against blondes, but you get all the attention anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, I am a brunette guy. I'm a black hair guy. I'm a redhead dude. And you're a blonde man. Dirty dishwater. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, blonde. Yeah. I was a toe-headed little boy. And uh, so nothing against blondes, but just love a brunette. Yeah. Just love dark hair. Something about it. But yeah, she, I pictured her. It's the best cover. Um, what happened in this book? Let's just get started. We can't even hold ourselves back anymore. So if you listen to the previous episode, which of course you did, because it's Wallflowers Month, you got to listen. Mm-hmm. So 
we were introduced in the previous book to Lillian Bowman, who is an American rich girl who came to England to find a husband. She has a sister, Daisy, and this book starts with them going perfume shopping, which I love this scene Mm -hmm. because Lillian's dad is a soap magnate. He owns this big soap company, but she's not really allowed to work there, but she's able to uh, smell things and pick out the different... She's a nose, which is like a known thing, which is like a genetic thing that you can smell more than other people. Are you a nose? No. Okay. Would you want to be a nose? Yeah. I feel like it's a double-edged sword, Mm -hmm. right? You can smell perfectly, differentiating all the scents, but then when you go down to the subway... You're going to be doing the same thing. <laughs> so do we do a nose plug? Is that what we would do if we were a nose? I mean, noses are like highly prized. Like you would end up working for a parfumery in like Paris or something like you'd have an OK life. Well, that's I, I mean, so you would you would give up the ability to not smell something that was mm-hmm. bad in order to have that high kind of uh you would you would be in that high echelon of of smellers well here's something interesting about me when i am pmsing or during my menses i have a higher sense of smell and it and it, it drives me insane so could you be in so you're a nose at the worst possible time when you'd be very hard to like want to do anything. Right. And also when just like everything is annoying you. So like just the way that clothes feel in your body is the worst. And so then also you smell everything. Like yeah. I remember in high school I wouldn't be able to go to school because I thought all my clothes smelled okay. when they didn't have a scent normally. But it was just like me being crazy. I don't know if that's a real thing or if it's just like psychosomatic, but I feel like it's real. I think it's real because if you're if you're smelling it, it's real. Yeah. Smelling is believing. Mm. So Lillian's a nose, which is very exciting. And the the gentleman who creates all these perfumes is testing her with asking her what the, the ingredients are. And she always comes up with the special ingredient. So he's very impressed. And he gives her a very expensive – well, doesn't give her because she has to pay for it – a very expensive perfume – that is supposed to be an aphrodisiac. And I knew, I'm like, this is going to come into play. Because <laughs> if you put a gun in the first act. Yeah. And then we cut to the year after the first book. We had uh, Annabelle, who was married to, now married to my dude, Simon Hunt. <laughs> um. They're, uh, they're there. They were part of, so Annabelle was one of the wallflowers. She's still really close friends with the rest of them. So we've got Lillian, we've got Daisy, we've got Evie, and we've got Annabelle who is married, but still is part of the crew and, you know, schemes with them. Well, they had a pact that going in order of age, they were going to find husbands for everybody. So to fulfill Annabelle's side of the pact, she still has to help. Yes. Finding husbands. And Lillian is next. Mm-hmm. So they, are, they go back to, what is it, Stone Cross? Stony Cross Park. Stony Cross. And it's another season 
of trying to find a husband. And the wallflowers are back, baby. And <laughs> better than ever. This, uh, I, lo- I, I, I mean, I love the first book because it set, it set the tracks for this book and all the rest of them. This one, I think, is really when stuff pops off because yeah. you've got the mix of, of the characters we loved before, which Simon's still hanging around and Annabelle's still hanging around. And then uh, Westcliff gets his spotlight. And I will say, in the first book, Westcliff, I was not a fan. But at the end of that book, he helps to save my man Simon and Annabelle. And I felt like, hmm, do I like Westcliff? Could I <laughs> like Westcliff? Because he's kind of a snoot. Mm. He's part of the peerage, which I'm not a real big fan of because they're just kind of the they're the idle rich, mm-hmm. which I'm not, you know. But I don't, Marcus is an idol. He's not. Westcliff I, is an idol. No, he's not idol, and we find that out. Mm-hmm. We we saw it in the, the other one, but we're really we really get to see it now. So. I mean, Claypass. She's the queen. So she can take that. She can take a character you might be iffy on and really turn you around on them because it's like anything. Once you get to know somebody and you see behind their facade, you either love them or say, uh, uh, not for me. So I had more... I was more excited about Westcliff at the from reading the end of that last book. So then in this book, uh, it sort of goes off with a bang, literally, because they arrive at Stony Cross Park. The band's back together. We're, it's fantastic. Lily and Daisy are sisters, so they're always together, but their friends are here, so everyone's really excited. And Evie escaped her Aunt Florence. Thank God. God, Aunt Florence. Can we just... I mean, hate, hateable, completely mm-hmm. hateable. We've had bad dads. Mm-hmm. We've had bad moms. We have not had a bad aunt. Mm-hmm. She's a bad aunt. She's a bad aunt. So then Lillian and, so Lillian and Daisy's mom lock her. They lock them in the bedroom because nobody cares about fire safety. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> and so you have to take a two-hour nap. Me, as a 34-year-old. Year old, I was like, oh, what a dream. I wish someone would force me to do that every day. If someone would just lock me in a room and say, you have to nap, I'd be like, okay, <laughs> if you say so. Well, my hands are tight. <laughs> I mean, I'd fall asleep as soon as I walked in the room. Yeah. Get that two hours straight. But they are like, uh, fuck that noise. Lillian, of course, knows how to pick a lock because what can't she do? Picks a lock and then they go for a walk. They um, make a Daisy had promised Annabelle to make a wish in the wishing well. Love this. We didn't talk about this in the last episode, but there's a wishing well, and Daisy made a wish for Annabelle that she would find someone who loves him. Uh, uh, find loves her. So, yeah, find somebody who loves her. So then, so sweet, by the way. Yeah, Daisy is such a sweetheart. Can She's we great. say yes? Because she takes the she makes a wish at the wishing well with a pe- the piece of metal. Mm-hmm. That was stuck inside Annabelle. Inside Marcus. Oh, uh, sorry. Inside Marcus when he saved Annabelle. And, and Simon. And she wanted she wanted uh, Daisy to make a wish that he finds 
love. Well, whatever the wish was that Daisy made for Annabelle, because Daisy didn't tell Annabelle what it was. Uh, okay. So then da- they go to the wishing well. Daisy makes the same wish. And then Lillian makes a wish that Marcus would find a woman to bring him to his knees. <laughs> and I was like, Lillian, it's going to be you, hon. It's you. She doesn't even know. She doesn't even She's know. She's in love and she doesn't know it yet. So then they walk and they find all the stable boys are playing rounders. And Lillian is like, Fuck yes. She loves rounders. She loves baseball. She's very athletic. She loves, you know, using her body and running and jumping and. But not good at hitting. She's not a great hitter. But I loved that scene. Um, and all the siblings are like, oh, she's cool as fuck. All right, let's play. And oh, they were all in love with her. Oh, immediately. Who is it? I was in love with her. I was. Yeah. I was in love with her in the last book. Yeah. Yeah. We're in love. And then, so it's her turn to hit. She's up at bat and she's missing everything. And Daisy is like at third base, like, come in, everybody, come in. <laughs> she's not going to hit. And that old thing, that old taunt. <laughs> um, and then they look behind her. It's Marcus. It's Marcus. And he's like looking pretty good because normally he's all buttoned up and really refined and that's what like Lillian doesn't like about him is he like he seems like such a snob but he's like more relaxed he's clearly been like out on the estate and he shows her how to like a proper stance to bat and she's like not loving it mm-hmm. she doesn't like being told what to do she's very headstrong Marcus loves telling people what to do it's his literal favorite activity and so it's such a cute scene she ends up hitting the ball it goes like a home run. No, it's not a home run. She gets to third and then she's going to go back home to Castle Rock or whatever they call it. And Marcus stands in front of the base while he's trying to catch the ball, which is apparently not allowed at it's this cheating, time. It's cheating, yeah. And Lillian straight up plows into him and lands on top of him and is out. Yeah, because he holds onto the ball. Yeah. And she's so mad. Mm-hmm. But she likes being on top of him a little bit. I mean, she felt that hard body. Mm-hmm. Mm, she liked it. Yeah. So then they have to go back because they were only supposed to be out for two hours. They're supposed to be locked in their bedroom. Um, and Marcus is like, I'll show you a secret way back like that the servants use. And Lillian's like, you would know a secret way. It's like, it's his estate. <laughs> and my favorite thing about that, too, is they're going the secret way. And she says, this seems longer. <laughs> he goes, it's my estate. I know that it's shorter. They fight about everything. They are so, like, literal sparks when they're together. And not, like, sexual sparks, but just, like, the energy coming off both of them is so phenomenal. And all of a sudden, they hear people coming. So Daisy runs into the house because Daisy Daisy leaves Lillian for dead constantly. She doesn't care. And then Lillian and Marcus end up behind a hedge. And they hate each other. They've talked about how much they hate each other. It's acknowledged that they don't like each other. But they're close. Now, this is our new favorite trope, canoodling behind a curtain. Yes. But now this is canoodling behind a hedge. Yeah. So I guess what would, what would, what would be a – what's an H word for getting busy? Uh, like hide, and, hiding behind a hedge. Hot <laughs> and heavy behind a hedge. Yes. <laughs> hot and heavy behind a hedge. And Marcus is overcome – because he's like so buttoned up and he is so close to Lillian and he starts smelling her neck and she smells so good. Well, she's got the... Because she's got that perfume on. Perfume on. That magic perfume. And they make out. He can't help himself. It is the sexiest make out first kiss scene. Now, how did you... Because this is... We we talk about consent 
on this podcast because you gotta. This book is a little problematic with consent at a few different times. But why was I okay with this? I don't know. Because if this was a modern scene and he starts ravishing her, I would think, this fucking guy, get off her. But I was reading this and I thought, oh, he, he's, he can't help himself. It's animalistic. And God, that's sexy. I know. But what I think you're benefiting from is also being in Lillian's head because I think Lillian, we know she likes him. And, and the I heat think, is there. Yeah. And I think we're like, within her, she's like, I'm not supposed to like this guy. And he represents all these things I don't like, but I do really like him making out with me. And I like his body and I'm attracted to him. And I, and so she's like pushing him away because of that. So it's not like, I don't want you to kiss me. She's just sort of like, I don't know. It's, it's the, murky. I'm it's, not going to say it's not murky. It's the no means yeah. It's a no it means yes situation, which yeah. but I got to say, I was into it. Mm-hmm. Well, she was also into it. His parents were in that group, right? Her, or, her father was. Her father was. That's right. Her father was. Yeah. Yeah. And the best is how Simon early on is like, I think something's happened between you and Lillian. And Mark is like, no. No. Stop it. Um... So then is that the dinner with the calves, Ed? No, that Um. goes a little bit later. So she tells the wallflowers about what happened with the perfume. And she wasn't believing that it was an aphrodisiac. But so they all decide to test it because they want to see if it's really driving people crazy or if he just kind of took advantage of her. Oh, because then she's like, he kissed me. And they're like, how was it? He's like, she's like, oh, it was bad. It was, he was a horrible kisser. And Annabelle's like, oh, he's like, sort of has a reputation for being like a very good lover. And she's like, fine, it was adequate. It was adequate. She won't give Twist him my an arm. inch. She won't give him a goddamn <laughs> inch. So they all put on the, they all put on the perfume. Mm-hmm. And she puts on the perfume, Daisy, Evie. I, or is Evie there? I don't know if Evie's there. Evie kind of gets lost a lot in these yeah. books. I forget whether she's locked in a basement by <laughs> Aunt Florence or she's hanging out. She's got that cute little stutter that's yeah. very charming. But Annabelle puts it on and she gets just ravaged by Simon. She shows up the next time they get together all disheveled. I mean, like, I was up all night because <laughs> Simon would not let me sleep. He was just boinking me all night. St. <laughs> Vincent is at the party, uh-huh. y'all. And he what gets into... Intru- what were first impressions, knowing he was such a big... When he was first introduced on the page, what'd you think? You know, I'm gonna... I, th- I feel like I'm gonna break some hearts, but not impressed. Mm, okay. Not impressed. He's a fop. He seems... He is not trustworthy at all. Mm-hmm. I was not impressed. I mean, the buildup had been a lot. Yeah. And when people were saying it was either St. Vincent or uh, my uh, my uh, beloved uh, Derek, it, it's apples, oranges. Yeah. I was thinking St. Vincent was going to be a Derek type. No. He is the polar opposite of a Derek type. No, he's not a Derek type. Yeah, so that's why I was kind of thrown by this... Obviously, he's a pretty boy. Like, he's a beautiful man Mm -hmm. and super seductive. But 
he ain't doing he not doing much for me when I see him first. Okay. Fair enough. What is your take on St. Vincent? Because I don't think we've ever talked about it because we didn't want to spoil. You don't want to spoil anything for me, which I appreciate. Let's talk about him at the end, maybe. Great. I mean, in this book up until the last part, I think I liked him. Okay. I, I thought he was like very charming. He's fun with Lillian. I mean, and we hear about him being a rake and we hear these awful stories, but we don't see him doing anything. No. Because we're it, sort of introduced to him um because he's best friends with Lord Westcliff. Um, and so it's Westcliff, Shaw, Westcliff's brother in law, and Simon. And they're talking about like you talking about like how often you should sleep with your wife. And it's locker room talk. They're talking about <laughs> whose ankle they've seen lately. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Guy stuff. And Marcus is like maybe once a week. And Simon's like, mm, I boink my wife nonstop. <laughs> and <laughs> Shaw is like, well, the only woman I'm fucking is your sister. So I'm just going to say nothing. And then Sebastian is like, oh, um, I had to come to this party because I broke up with a woman and she threatened to commit suicide. That's right. That's right. So Sebastian is St. Vincent. Yeah, Sebastian is St. Vincent. And yeah, that's right. He he thinks that he said that she actually just pr- pricked herself with a pin yeah. and screamed about it until the maid showed up. He was like, she's so dramatic. I guess I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. But I do remember it's hard because Simon was in the room. And yeah. I feel like I would gravitate towards Simon in that group. I would be standing next to Simon trying to get some of that like mojo on me. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going riding at this new course and Lillian, of course, only rides astride. She doesn't do the side saddle BS, but she's competitive. She wants to show up in front of Marcus, even though she's not admitting this, but like she wants to do the jumps and the best jumps. And so Daisy's like, you don't know about side saddle. You shouldn't do the jumps. Have you ever ridden side saddle? No. It's very hard. So you've obviously ridden a horse. I've ridden horses, yeah. Several horses? Yeah, I rode, like, nonstop for, like, 15 years. Okay. I didn't know you then. Oh, um, well, yeah. I was a kid. <laughs> uh, but we I, there was a side saddle saddle, so, like, we rode side saddle. It is so difficult. Why would you ride side saddle when you could ride astride? Um, uh, there were women who just competed in side saddle just for, like, the extra... Um, a challenge, I guess. I don't know why they did, but there was like separate riding habits that were actually like kind of really cool. The thing that's really hard is you have to engage your abs the entire time because one leg is hooked over the pommel, one leg is in a stirrup, but your leg and like your center of gravity isn't really anchored. So the thing that's keeping you up is your thigh on your left side and your core. So I understand why jumping and everything, if you aren't experienced with it, is very, very difficult. That seems like just a stunt. It it seems like you're trying to show what you can do. It seems dangerous when you could just just go full crotch on the horse and not worry. Were you you a horse girl? Yeah, I was such a horse girl. I did balance seat, which is cross-country, dressage, and stadium jumping. Eventing. I was on a horse once at my family's farm. It's not as sexy as you think it is. Yeah, it was like kind of run down. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know where the horses came from, but I rode a horse (laughs) once. I thought it was cool. I love horses. I'm fascinated with horses. I was at Central Park the other day, 
And I think that the horse-drawn carriages should be outlawed. I think those horses should be set free so they can just run to their heart's content. There's something about a, a horse running free that really, that's something that resonates with me deeply. Mm-hmm. And when I see them with the blinders on and these guys giving them just like buckets of, of, of food, and then as soon as they get a customer, they pull the bucket away and the horse is like, <laughs> it breaks my heart every time. I love the smell of horses. I love the muscles on horses. I'm a big, I'm a horse dude. Horses are great. I love them. Side saddle, very difficult. Okay. We should all go trail riding, though, because there's trail riding up by my parents' house. Oh, I'd love to. And then I'd come home and chop some wood. Yeah. Pat doesn't like it. Pat on a horse is actually very, very funny. Does he just, he doesn't like not having control. He just is like, and he doesn't sit up straight. He's just very like, he just like plots along. (laughs) Um, So we'll go. Yes. stay home. Um, Learning the tropes on horseback. Uh, we, we, I mean, that's, we definitely have to do an IG story of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Hopefully I'll have long hair by then so okay. it can just flow while I'm riding the horse. <laughs> His mane and my mane will merge. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. Sure. <laughs> sure. Whatever you say. <laughs> um, you'll have to wear a helmet though. Safety first. I'm sorry. Lame. So no Wyoming listeners, but do you think we have horse listeners? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I think so. We're big in the horse community. They know we're horse people. They can sniff it out. You always know. Um, Lillian is a horse person. Mm-hmm. Um, Westcliff has a lot of nice horses. And Annabelle squeals on Lillian to Simon saying, don't let her jump because this is a known a very hard course and she's not good at side saddle. And so Simon tells Westcliff. So they're out on the course, and Lillian's like, I'm going to jump. I'm going to be such a good jumper. It's going to be great. And Marcus is like, you're not allowed to jump. You, my safety is, your safety is important to me because you're a guest at my house, and you're not allowed to jump. And Lillian's like, oh, I'm not allowed to? Ding, ding, ding. And that's like. <laughs> Don't ever say yeah. no to Lillian. She's like, oh, I think so. So she starts galloping towards a jump, and she loses her balance. So like her butt slides and she manages to get back before the jump. She jumps. It's fine. But Westcliff is, he's seeing red. And so he rips her off the horse, which I was like, that's not safe to do. And it's more. Yeah, exactly. You did the thing that you were afraid was going to happen. It's just yeah. like she was going to fall off the horse. You pulled right. her off. Yeah. So all of a sudden she's like across his thighs don't hate it Mm-mm. and then they're on the ground and he's like screaming in her face like what the hell is the matter with you da, 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 da. and saint vincent comes over and it's like well i'll walk her back since you're pretty mad at her and westcliff is like get her out of here so they walk back sebastian starts kind of like flirting with her sebastian we find out is very poor his family is selling off everything that isn't entitled and he's soon gonna be cut off well there's gonna be no money left yeah and so he's looking to marry someone wealthy. He likes Lillian, too. Like, she's fun. He likes she's really spirited. He likes she's incredibly wealthy. So they walk back to the house and are sort of, like, having a little bit of flirtation. And I think Lillian is sort of like, maybe I'll go after St. Vincent. I was very surprised by this because there, the books that we've read previously, I don't feel like anybody's gotten this close to romancing somebody else Mm -hmm. that wasn't their hero. 
And it threw me a little because I knew that this wasn't St. Vincent's book. I knew this was Westcliff's book. And he started trying to seduce, lightly seduce Lillian, put a little toe in the water. And I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it because I, I knew Lillian and Westcliff had the heat. Mm-hmm. They brought the heat. And I could see some, they definitely, Lillian and St. Vincent could have boned down and it would have been good. Yeah. But it, it's not fire. And that's why I was confused and a little frustrated. Yeah. Makes sense. So then uh, Lillian's parents find out what happened. Because every it was in front of everybody. It was really embarrassing. And her father makes her go apologize to Marcus, which is like, oh, I felt this in my chest when she had to go to apologize to him. And she hates apologizing to him. She doesn't think she did anything wrong. She thinks he was embarrassing. And so she goes and she gives an apology. And Marcus says, no, I don't accept it. And I was like, fuck yeah. Dad's returning. I love it. And he's like, I apologize to you. I shouldn't have yelled at you the way that I did. Da, 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 da. And so they sort of are at a detente for a second. Well, here's the thing that's funny. She immediately says, well, can I ride the horses now then? <laughs> yeah, she's just like, am I back on them horses? And he's like, mm, no. But, you know, she had to ask. She had to put it out there. Oh, of course. And she had to push it. Mm-hmm. She just had to push it. She pushes. She's a pusher. Now, is this around the time where the uh, uh, Lillian and Daisy are, well, Lillian and Daisy's mom is trying to get them a sponsor for mm-hmm. this uh, this season, and she wants Westcliff's mom to. And Westcliff's mom is a bad mom. Mm-hmm. And she has a like a list of stuff that is wrong with them because this is okay. So this is what happens. They go to that dinner afterwards because after Westcliff and Lillian kind of make up, they go and they're having this big banquet and they pull out this hog's head, right? Calf's head. Calf's head. Sorry. They it was pu- so disgusting. They pull out this disgusting calf's head and the eyeballs are still in it, right? All this gross English bullshit that these New Yorkers aren't used to. They want just a slice of pizza. <laughs> they just want some good pizza. They want a good steak. Yeah, good steak. And um, so Westcliff, and this is when it turns for me. This is when it turns for me because he does a really nice thing, which is pulls them aside and he, well, he pulls Lillian aside. Well, because he seats Lillian next, like close to him. Which is surprising. Yeah, which Lillian is like, why am I here? And he's like, you seem confused. And she's like, yeah, why am I here? This is bizarre. And everyone's like, you're not supposed to say, because there's all these like little rules and everything. You're not supposed to say that. And she's like, being really frank with him, like really like challenging him on things. And he's sort of like digging it. So then they bring out this calf's head and this one was like, you have to eat the eyeballs. They're the best. But some people say the brains are the best. It was so gross. They're scooping out. Ugh. They're scooping out brains from this skull and, and just slapping it down on no. people's plates. And so Marcus is like, Oh, Lily and Daisy come. There's a rare butterfly out just tonight. And I want to show it to you. And they're like, okay, great. Let's do it. And so they end up sneaking out to the... some point Dexter is like, oh, what, what, what kind of, uh, what kind of uh, butterfly is it? <laughs> and then he makes up some bullshit. Yeah, he was like a, a spinny spooner. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know that variety. I would love to come see it. He's like, see you tomorrow. There's too many people. <laughs> it was really great. And so then they're out on the patio. Daisy immediately is like, 
I got to go make bad water. Uh-huh. Daisy's great at just leaving. Like, <laughs> yeah. Daisy assesses the situation. She's like, not necessary for me to be here. I am getting the fuck out. So that is when Marcus finally also, like, apologizes to Lillian for mauling her. And Lillian is like, well, the only way you can make it up to me is if you make your mom be our sponsor. And Marcus is like, you don't want my mom to be your sponsor. She's like, such a <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> no, he doesn't say that. But she's, he's like, I don't think she'll do it. No. And so as they're sort of talking, Sebastian St. Vincent comes out. <laughs> Immediately you look sad. Yeah. And starts flirting with them too, with her too, and then invites her on a carriage ride. And Marcus is like, she can't go tomorrow morning because she's meeting with my mom. So Lillian's like, jackpot, got it. And then he's like, what about the next day? And Lillian's like, okay, the next day I can do it. And Marcus is like a little peeved. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they go back inside. So then the next day she and Daisy are <laughs> um, with the Countess of Westcliff. And she's just like, okay, I found it. Like, these books are also very cinematic. And I feel like we talk about that sometimes. But these books are, like, perfectly, like, there are so many sight gags that I'm like, this would be a perfect miniseries. I felt that way, too. Uh, And the thing, the, like, because you're talking about where uh, his mom has a list of the things that they did wrong at the dinner Mm -hmm. with the calves head. And... She's like, oh, well, it can't be that many things. I mean, maybe I said this or did this. And then she unfurls this cartoonishly long <laughs> list, which is funny in two ways, that it's a really long list. And also that she took time to notice every single faux pas that they did. Mm-hmm. So it, it was it was really funny. Yeah. Well, let's talk about it because we know one of my favorite tropes, hidden places. Mm-hmm. And this butterfly garden that is behind a hidden door has flowers that were planted specifically so that butterflies would be attracted to them. And it's just this I, I, something about that, just like a, 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 a place, like a secret garden where there's just like covered in butterflies. It was such a beautiful place. And I love that that was like their place. It became their place. Mm -hmm. I was just so into that. I think I had in my notes, butterfly garden, hidden places. (laughs) I love them. Yeah, it was amazing. So Lillian just like goes for a walk later and comes across Marcus, but he's doing something. So she's like, oh, and so she just keeps walking and she finds this garden. She can't find the door. She almost finds it, yeah. Almost finds it. And then Marcus is like, shows her in, and then they walk in together. See, like, I want to see this. I want to see this yeah. on screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great in my head, but I would love to see this come to life. Do they hook up? They are making out hardcore. They get to the point where um, he's, like, almost making her come. He's, he's finger-loving like, her. Finger-loving her. Oh, that was such a great depiction of finger-love. And then all of a sudden he pulls back and he sort of realizes and he's like, this isn't the kind of woman I'm supposed to marry. She's innocent. I almost basically like had sex with her on the ground here. Like, this is ridiculous. This won't happen. And But tells her basically like, you're not somebody I can marry. Um, you know, this is wrong. And then 
Um, so Lillian is like so embarrassed. And so she's sort of like putting her clothes back to right, or he helps her put her clothes back together. And then, um, goes to leave and she's so hurt. And remember he hugs her and he says, are you mad that I started making love to you or I didn't stop? Which I'm like, Marcus, you asshole. That wasn't cool. Mm -mm. And so she's just like mortified. So then they stomp back and she starts thinking like, maybe she will date. St. Vincent, because she's like, then I'll be a duchess, and he'll still be an earl, and so I'll be above him, and then when we go to parties, it'll be great, because he'll know that I'm above him, and it'll be fantastic. And then she's like, I'll be bummed, because he'll be marrying one of those perfect English girls that he's going to end up marrying. But it's like the only reason that she wants to marry St. Vincent is to stick it to Marcus, which is I know. so fantastic. It's a, He's on her mind no matter what. Mm-hmm. So then the next day she's sort of like, okay, well, I, not psyched about dating St. Vincent, but it's sort of like, okay, well, that's something. My mom's going to be pumped. And then everybody leaves for the day. And so she goes in the library. She's like, I just want to read like a dumb novel. And she can't find it. But what she does find is some like sweet pear wine. And she gets drunk on some pear wine. And they make out hardcore on the floor. Mm-hmm. Crazy time. Here's the thing. Lillian is soused and he knows it. And it is not great. And Lillian is sort of like very drunk. And she's like, this is just like a dream. And it seems very real. But this is a dream. And it was not great. It was not what I wanted. You you didn't like this. I liked it. It was very sexy. Because then Marcus is basically like, "Mm, I'm fucking her. I'm into her. I want to marry her. Let's just do this. And they're making out on the floor. And then he takes her upstairs like, I'm going to basically have sex with her. She's into it, but she's also drunk. So she's sort of like, this is a dream. And they, and she says, like, I want you to put it in me. Like, I want, like, let's do it. But I think she just doesn't really understand what's happening. Because she wakes up and thinks it still was a dream. Right. And she's like, was it a dream? And he's like, no, it wasn't. Because he's, of course, dressed impeccably. She's nudie. (laughs) Yeah, she's nude. Um, And he's like, well, now we're going to get married. And she's like, wait, 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 wait. I am interested in, like, being with you. But we need to talk and know and we just won't tell anyone that this happened. And he's like, you could already be pregnant, so we're going to get married. Let's just get married. And then he tells his mom and his mom loses it because she's like, you're like, she's very involved in the peerage and you have to follow the rules and all these things. And that's sort of when Lillian is like, oh, somebody doesn't want us to get married. Let's I do, do it. you want to get married. Then. The magic word for Lillian is. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, I do like him. Because I think at that time she was like, I probably do want to marry Marcus. I get, like, I really like him. Like, when she was drunk in the library, she's like, Sebastian is uh, more attractive than you are, but I don't want to make out with him the way I want to make out with you. And that's when Marcus was like, Woo. Then she gets a note to go visit his mom in the butterfly garden. So she goes... Do you want to say what happened? Well, she shows up mm-hmm. and the mom berates her. Right. And finally, I think they do get to a point where I think they agree. I mean, isn't it, it – doesn't it get to the point where she's like, okay, fine. Well, you're going to marry him. There's nothing I can do about it mm-hmm. with the mom. And well, so, I think that's something Lillian is like, I'm marrying him. I don't care what you say. Yeah. And so it gets settled and you think everything's fine and then she – Arms grab her. She, everything goes black. Mm -hmm. She wakes up and she's 
in a carriage with St. Vincent. And I thought to myself, we missed something where St. Vincent saved her from some bad person. And he's going to explain to her that, well, I saved you because my buddy uh, Westcliff wants you and I'm going to take you to where he he is. Mm -hmm. But no, no, no. St. Vincent is uh, kidnapped her in order to steal her and uh, marry her. And he was also going to ruin her against her consent. So... Well, to to consummate the marriage. So they were going to Greta Green to have an anvil marriage. They're on their way to Scotland. Anvil marriage, which I learned about a couple, was like a few episodes ago. Mm -hmm. The worst marriage you can have, <laughs> right? You got to have a big marriage. And that's what... A big wedding. A, you gotta, yeah, you got to have a big wedding, right? I mean, you and Pat didn't have an anvil wedding. We got married at Courthouse, though. But then you had a huge party. Yeah. So it's like the anvil wedding is the worst kind of wedding that you could have. Right. Me, I'm going to have a new metal themed wedding. <laughs> okay. Me and my bride are going to dance to Chop Suey. I don't know that. Yeah. Okay. And then I bet you I could get Fred Durst to officiate. What's he doing? You know? That's a real wedding. And maybe we have an anvil, but that's good because it's like heavy. Well, I wonder. So when Sebastian was talking about. And I was surprised because they just say rape in the book, too. She's worried that he's going to rape her. And she says, you wouldn't rape me. And he's like, maybe I would. It wouldn't be rape. I would seduce you. All this stuff. Here's my take on that scene. Okay. It's, I feel like Sebastian is a opportunist. And he's somebody like things just sort of happen. So I don't. It wasn't his plan to kidnap Lillian. Like Lillian's. Uh, the Countess of Westcliff reached out to him and said, hey, I'm going to deliver this person to you. This is what he says to Lillian, too. I'm going to deliver this person to you. If you're not there, like, basically, you better be there. And I think Sebastian was like, mm, I do like this woman. She is kind of solving all my problems. Why are you sticking up for St. Vincent? Well, I'm not done. So then I think even in the carriage when he's talking about how you know, I'll seduce you and then Marcus won't want you anymore because you'll have sex, had sex with somebody else, which I'm like, that's not true. Marcus would still want her. She didn't really believe it. Um, part of me just felt like he was like sort of seeing what happens. It's bad, though. It looks very bad for Sebastian. Yeah, this is I mean, this is the guy people are nuts for. And I know mm -hmm. his book's coming up. Yeah. It, it's going to take a lot for me to like this guy. Right. Do you think Clay Pass can do it? You know, it's it's so funny that you're saying this because she's doing this on purpose. Obviously, this is her plan. She wants people to not like him. Mm -hmm. And then she's going to flip it on you because she always does. She always makes me like people that I don't like. But this is going to be one of her finest uh, magic tricks ever and her feats of writing to make me like St. Vincent. Let's see if she does it. But that was, so that was my sort of read on it until then they get to the inn and he puts a gag on her and then handcuffs her. And I'm like, this is hard to come back from. Yes. And then handcuffs her to the bed because he has to like see to the horses and has to do all this stuff. And cause she's Lily and she's like, she's got hairpins. Yeah. She got those hairpins. And so she takes off one of the cuffs and unlocks the door and goes downstairs to the dining room to try to find somebody to help her. And who's there? 
Uh, Westcliff, of course. <laughs> this is so funny because Marcus is going to kill this guy. Yeah. And Simon, Lillian's like, aren't you going to help him? And he's like, no, I'm just going to let him do his thing because I don't want to get, in, I don't want to get uh, in between him and his first tavern fight. Because <laughs> Westcliff is like a higher, you know, a higher level gentleman. So he doesn't fight in taverns. Yeah. But this is, this is his chance to. But the one thing about that made it feel less serious. It felt almost like you'd hear the Benny Hill music because St. Vincent would be like, Whoa, uh, what did I do? And then he'd be like, oh my gosh. And then, you know, Westcliff runs after him and Simon's just like, oh, stand in there. Yeah. And uh, it, it was a little goofier than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. But St. Vincent hightails it out of there. Uh, he gets roughed up a little bit, but he t- hightails it out of there. And then uh, Lillian and, um, and Westcliff are able to just like hook up. Yeah, say so admit that they love each other, and then finally Marcus is like, "I've done all this for you. You've ruined me for everybody else. Say that you'll be my wife." And she's like, "Yeah, I'll marry you. I'll marry you." So then they end up going to Gretna Green and getting an anvil marriage. The two of them. Now, the epilogue. Then there's an epilogue. Now this is why, and I said in the previous episode, the Wallflowers is like my Avengers mm-hmm. because they do stingers. Just like the all the Marvel movies, they do stingers. And this was nuts. I could not believe when I read this. So St. Vincent is chilling, kind of dealing with his wounds, nursing his wounds, if you will. And one of his servants says, there's someone here to see you. There's someone here to see you. Well, who is it? Uh, she said she needs to see you right now. And he's like, let her in. Who is this? Because I'm thinking... Daisy. Really? Just because isn't Daisy the next in line or is Evie next in line? Because I was next. Daisy's the youngest. Okay, Daisy's the youngest. Okay, so then that's my bad. I should have known. Evie shows up and says, Hey, I got a deal for you. And then that's it. What? <laughs> so Evie, little doll faced. Evie is going to be stuck with St. Vincent, this, this sleaze bag, <laughs> this dandy fop. It's such a great thing because he's like nursing his wounds. He's just like just the light of the fire. It's dark. They can't afford he's, candles. Yeah. He's like, it's like she's going to make a deal with the devil. Yeah. Because he's like, I am the devil. And she's like, no, you're not a devil. You just do devilish things. Well, we'll see. In winter. We shall see. Oh, it's good. That was a great book. <sighs> this book was great. Loved it. It's super sexy. Oh, yeah. Well, when they consummate and then later when they're having sex and she is face down, he's over top of her and he goes inside of her and she says, and you call me a savage. I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> This is DTS time. I was squirming, squirming. I was on the subway. Squirming. Squirming it up. People taking pictures of me, telling the MTA agents. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I wasn't. act on the squirm. I wasn't acting on the squirm, of course, but I was excited. Yeah. Oh, that was amazing. Because he's having sex with her, and she's about to come, and then he flips her over, and she's like, God, I was about to come, and she gets so mad at him, and then he's like, no, wait, and then, Yeah. 
Puts it down on the pole. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was that was sexy. Mm-hmm. The sex in this book was sexier than the sex in the last book. Yeah, it still that was a real slow burn. But and they did talk about how Simon ravaged Annabelle consistently in this book. So I had that to think about. But yeah, the sex between Lillian and Westcliff seemed hot as fuck. And Lillian's my girl, so I'm. You know, I came around on Westcliff because he was less of a snoot. He showed that he was rugged and he could get down and he was pulling roots out of the ground and he was examining the roots on shit. This guy knows how to fuck. His style is buck wild. I'm a fan. Most important question. Would you fuck them? Yes and yes. So Westcliff and Lillian. Lillian. I would fuck them both. For sure. Lillian is one of the sexiest heroines. She's so sexy. <laughs> and Westcliff, too. And Westcliff knows how to put it down. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. He he knows. Yeah, he gets his hands dirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say, of course, Lillian. And Westcliff, yeah. W- when he's unstarched. Mm-hmm. If I saw him starched, I'd say, no, thank you. But he's got his sleeves rolled up. He's pulling out roots. I'd be like, put that root down and pick up this root. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah. So yes, yes. Yes, yes. Mm. Anything else before Goodreads list? No. I think I let's that's uh, this got to be on tons This was of in lists. on so many lists again and so I had to just pick. You always do a good job. My top out. ones. All right, Goodreads list. Honorable heroes, no rakes, no cheaters. Yeah, he's honorable. Yeah. And I don't think he's a rake. He had you know, he he did a few. He dated around. Yeah, you know, he he did a few roles in the hay, but he's no he's no rake. So yeah. I agree. Desert Isle Keeper romance genre. Oh, so this would be one of my Desert Island books. I mean, Dreaming of You, obviously. Yeah. If I had to take one, but if I could take more than one, uh, maybe I'd 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 want Lillian in my life. Yes. Okay. Um. Best historical romance tomboy heroines. Yeah, she's a bit of a tomboy, yeah. but she's a sexy. Uh, she could also dress up and mm-hmm. be really sexy too. Not that a tomboy isn't sexy, but she could straddle both sides. Yeah. Um, women with attitude historical romance. Yes. Best historical romance is where the quiet, unusual girl gets the guy. She's not, not quiet. quiet. <laughs> and she's only unusual in, uh, I guess, England because she's American. Yeah. But I wouldn't say she's 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 not like a manic pixie dream girl. She's no. very straightforward and uh, outspoken. So dig it off the list. Uh, starchy hero gets unstarched. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? Clay Pass, you did it. You unstarched this guy and I'm loving it. <laughs> um, character you most want to sleep with. It, all time? She's on the list. Yeah. Yeah, she's on my list. Absolutely. Free's on my list. Is Free still number one? Oh, that's so hard. Um, I do love Free. <laughs> I, I, Free was love at first sight. Yeah. And Lillian, I really liked, but it wasn't until her book that I really got to see the full scope. So I would say, you know, uh, Free's still number one. Mm-hmm. Uh Derek and Derek, of course. I mean, it goes without saying. I mean, how much? How many more times do I have to talk about Derek Craven? Yeah, but 
I want to just keep talking about him. So <laughs> him and Free, the man and woman. Okay. And then Lillian's a very close second to Free. Okay. That's good. And then is Simon a close second to Derek or is it Gabe? Uh, he's second. He's second to mm-hmm. uh, Derek, but not close. Okay. And then Vectal, of course, because of the nub. Mm-hmm. Can't forget the nub. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Remember the nub. <laughs> uh, humorous romance books. Yes. Books with close siblings. Yeah. Daisy and Lillian. Yeah, they're sweet. Historical romances featuring blue stocking scholars and independent misses. She's an independent miss. Uh, she she's is she blue stocking? Not really. Like she doesn't talk about it. But yeah, I mean because she wants to be on the board of her father's company, but can't because she's a woman. You're right. So yes, I mean she would have been on with independent miss, but yes, she's on that list. Yeah, hot steamy sensual historical romance books. Yes. <laughs> Wrong side of the tracks. Her. I, I get. I mean, yeah, she's still really. affluent, but she's yeah. not. This she's not a peasant. King of the Betas, best beta romance hero, male, female. So he's a beta? I think so. I don't know. It's hard. Him and Simon, I don't know. That, I don't think that they're alphas, but I don't know that they're betas. I would say maybe he's a, I don't know. I've never loved a beta. Mm. And I don't really, I mean, I like Westcliff, but I don't love Westcliff. Mm-hmm. So maybe he is a beta. Um, books that should be made into movies. Yeah. But I would say, like you said, probably be better made as a miniseries. Yeah. It would have to be all of them. I'd, uh, watch this on some Netflix. Just do an eight hour miniseries. Every book is two episodes. Bing, bang, boom. And listen, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be the showrunners. We'll do it. Yeah. You asked. We'll do it. We'll say yeah, yes. You know what? We'll write the pilot. We'll write. We'll direct the pilot. I mean, yeah. uh, producer Patty will direct the pilot. We'll, we'll write ri- it. We'll write it. Uh, we'll write all the episodes. Yeah, we're fr- uh, we'll write it all. Uh, yeah. We've written it. God, twist my arm. Yeah, here we are. Here we are. We really should, though. <laughs> by I the way, we have some it. scripts. Yeah, by the way, <laughs> if you know anyone. Yeah. We have some ideas. Um, scent, perfume, lotion, and soap making in romance. Mm-hmm. What book would you like to live in? You know what? I would like to live in the Wallflower series. Yeah. Because I want to hang out and go to uh, month-long house parties and go to secret butterfly gardens and smell Every time they try to do like a tryst in there, you'd be like, oh, hey, man, I'm just reading. (laughs) I'm just reading. Okay. I'm leaving anyway. (laughs) I'm just reading reading this book about the insane clown posse. Have you heard of these guys? (laughs) Um... You know me so well. I do. It's shocking. Um, odd couples, opposites attract in historical romance novels. Mm-hmm. Best banter and romance, the best. They were they were great. The God, they just didn't give each other an inch. I loved it. Yeah, they were so aggressive. It was great. And usually, I don't like animosity in a relationship. My relationships are always pretty. I tr- I I try to be sweet and open and honest, mm-hmm. but I don't think I've ever uh, had a relationship with somebody where. I felt the need to fight for every single piece. But that was just their personality. And it was, and that's not my personality. No, but I, watching I, them do it was great. Exactly. It's good for them, but it wouldn't work for me. But also you could tell they liked it. They did. They I don't like it. it. No. I want I want I want to make somebody feel safe and secure. Mm-hmm. Cuz I want to feel safe and secure. Yeah. Sometimes I give you shit though. 
but in a loving way. Oh, definitely pushing me. I love when somebody's like, that's stupid. Not that stupid, because yeah. I don't like to be called stupid, but <laughs> um, uh, that is. Hey, dummy. You just say, hey, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> um, your favorite couples in historical romance. Yeah, I think they were a very good couple. Mm-hmm. Well matched. Better than Annabelle and Simon, I think. Yes, better matched. Yes. Mm-hmm. Annabelle and Simon, I feel like, have to had to work to make it work. Right. But they're willing to. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to have to make it work, too. But, you know, they'll enjoy it more. All right, so what are your tropes, Clayton? Snooty hero, <laughs> which then I would be like starched hero, I guess. Yeah. Um, mean mom. Yeah. Secret places. One of my favorite tropes. Hot and heavy. What, what did we say? Hot and hot and heavy behind a hedge. Yeah, hot and heavy behind a hedge. New favorite trope. Magical perfume. Strong heroine. Bratty, I think she's bratty too, mm-hmm. but not in not not as bratty as Annabelle, but she's still got some brat in her. Scheming heroine, because she schemes. Close friends. Bad aunt, because Evie's aunt is still chilling around. Bad families in general. Yeah. All these characters have pretty bad families, except for I would say um Annabelle's mom is a tragic figure. And I think she's not bad. I don't think that Lillian and Daisy's mom is bad, though. She's not bad. She's not bad. But she loves her daughter. She wants them to be happy. She thinks this is how they'll be happy. Um, Yeah. Those are my tropes. Oh. Aaron, what are your tropes? Wallflower heron. Bad mom and dad. Because Westcliff had a bad dad, but he was dead. Oh, he was a bad dad. Very bad dad. Yeah. Uh, American heroine, English hero, Regency, athletic heroine, stuffy hero, Heroin box at tradition, house party, anvil marriage. Hero has to find the heroine, enemies to lovers, mismatched pair. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good tropes. We did it. We did do it. Clayton, what has you swooning this week? Well, let me tell you. So this episode is going to be coming out around a very important holiday. That holiday is Mother's Day. (laughs) And so I would be remiss uh, if I did not swoon about my beautiful mom. <laughs> now, I don't really get to see my mom as much because they we don't live in the same state. Uh, obviously, she, uh, she and my dad live in South Carolina. And I wish I saw them more. I'm going to see them this summer. But my mom has always been so... Uh, she, know, she knew from the beginning that I was a, a different child. <laughs> and she's always been just um, encouraging and never uh, said, hey, maybe you should get a real job. Uh, <laughs> maybe you should earn some money instead of doing two podcasts for free. <laughs> um, those kind of things where, you know, you take that for granted when you see and you read these books about parents kind of being uh, – trying to steer their kids into places that they don't want to be. My parents never did that, and especially my mom. My mom was always somebody who understood me really well. So uh, I love my mom. I wish I could see her more often. I should see her. I should see her more often. I know that my dad listens. That's so funny. um, Which is so great. My dad listens to this filthy podcast. How did you find out that he listened? Well, I talked to him on the phone. And and he was just like, what said, do you say? Do you say his favorite tropes? Well, he said, he said, uh, well, I've been listening to 
your podcasts? And I said, my podcasts? So even learning the tropes, he's like, yeah. <laughs> I was so surprised because he he listens to my other podcast, uh, How to Watch Movies. Uh, and I, I could see that. But uh, to f- the fact that he listens to, I mean, it just shows how supportive my fa- my um, my family is, which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. And my mom probably listens to. I haven't talked to my mom in a little bit because she goes to bed very early. Um, <laughs> good thing podcasts you can listen anytime. So I think maybe she listens. Maybe she doesn't want to hear her son talk about filthy, filthy shit, which I understand. But mm-hmm. she still supports it. Yeah. So in an abstract way. Yeah. So of course. Around Mother's Day, it's all about mom. So, love you, mom. Thank you for being supportive. And, yeah, that's what I'm swooning about. That's really sweet. You always have the sweetest swoons. I'm a sweetheart. <laughs> Mine was like, cleaning. <laughs> um, yeah, that's nice. Erin, what are you swooning about this week? Um, so, I am swooning about a book called... Women Who Run With Wolves by Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes. And so it's a really great, it's a very heavy book. It's a very like thick book. Basically what it is about is going through all of these stories and myths and fairy tales that have been existing in different cultures for like millennia and goes through sort of like what this thing was trying to teach women at the time and what are the lessons within that and how to bring that into your life now and why it is still important um and it's just a really well done really really interesting book um i mean it's been around forever every feminist studies class has had you read this but um i really love it what i have been doing with it is just sort of like with two of my best friends, we just read a chapter. And then the next time we hang out, we sort of discuss what we feel about that chapter. So it's been really slow going reading it, but I really, really love it. It's not that expensive because it's been in print for forever. It's Mm -hmm. like a little paperback. Um, And so I would say it's a really great book. All right. So don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. We always say it. We're halfway through the wallflowers month. Can you believe it? I can't. Um, just to let everybody know, we're also taking a break next week. So there's going to be no episode or a very short episode on the 15th. So that means you have two weeks to read our next book, which is Devil in Winter. Um, do it. I mean, I think it sounds like a lot of you have read it, have opinions on it. If you want to email us your opinions, email us what we should be looking out for in reading this book, what you think of things, how you think that Lisa does the turn between, um, it happened one autumn to devil in winter and if it works for you if it doesn't we love to hear that so email us at learning the tropes podcast at gmail.com you can also message us on twitter at learning tropes on instagram at learning the tropes and then as always we're having discussions in our facebook group the learning the tropes troop so join that let's talk about lillian talk about lillian let's talk about westcliff let's talk about saint vincent I mean, I I think I need to read The Devil in Winter to really know my opinion. Right. Because I don't want people to be inundating me with opinions on, uh, uh, with information about St. Vincent that I don't have. Right. So I'm I'm thinking Devil in Winter on the Facebook group after that episode, it's on. Yeah. That's going to be a lot of talk. But I do want to talk about um, the Wallflower series up to this point. I'll be on there. I really, like I said, I want to engage more. Mm-hmm. And I'm really psyched to talk about these books. Mm-hmm. 
All right, everybody. So we will see you in two weeks. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Yeah, that we don't keep the lube in the library. Ha, 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 ha.